0: created live on fireside
1: the following program was recorded live on fireside chat if you'd like to participate in these chats join us every thursday at noon eastern time at firesidechat.com slash scott monty have you ever admired a leader and wondered just what it is that makes her who she is how he came to embrace the things that advanced him Welcome to Timeless Leadership, where we look at the principles that define success. This is a show for leaders at all stages of their careers who aspire to understand what it truly means to be a leader. And who is a leader? John Adams said, If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. Together, we'll explore key principles, not only in the sense of the fundamentals, but also in the ethical sense. The habits, character traits, and virtues that form the backbone of leadership. Principles that are just as relevant and essential in the 21st century as they were in the first century. This is Timeless Leadership. Hello, and welcome to Timeless Leadership, where we explore principles and virtues that accompany successful and admirable leaders. I'm Scott Monty. If you aren't yet subscribed to the Timeless and Timely newsletter, where I regularly write about these topics, please do so at scottmonty.com. This week, we're exploring optimism. Now, if you were here with us last week, you'll recall that Marilyn Gist spoke to us about Humility which included displaying a deep regard for the dignity of others. It was one of those ten virtues that the ancient Greek philosophers deemed to be the most essential. And among those ten is the virtue of positivity. We all know what it feels like to be around someone who is incessantly negative, right? You know, Debbie Downer from SNL, that kind of thing. She just brings the whole mood down. And it's no fun being around someone like that, let alone being led by someone like that. But have you considered the opposite? What's the effect of someone who's positive? Someone who shows optimism, exudes happiness, is willing to apologize, and who refrains from going negative. It's the heliotropic effect, and our guest today has written all about it. When you have a conversation with Harry Cohen, it's impossible to walk away without a smile on your face. That's the power of the heliotropic effect. Harry received his bachelor's degree in psychology from Cornell in 1978 and his PhD in psychology from the University of Michigan in 1988. After serving a decade in private practice, he began a career in executive leadership coaching, work he continues to enjoy. Along the way, Harry developed a coaching philosophy that resonated with people, so much so that he was asked to give a TEDx talk on it. Harry's philosophy is centered around heliotropic leadership. Those principles in the talk resonated with so many people and inspired Harry to spread the message to as many people as possible through his book, Be the Sun, Not the Salt. It encourages people to be their best selves. Harry lives with his wife, Jan, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and together they enjoy sharing a morning espresso and losing themselves in nature with their dog, Yolo. Harry owns a local restaurant, The Black Pearl, a perfect place to see him practicing his Pearls of Wisdom.
2: Hey Scott, I was listening to that
1: lovely introduction,
2: and and I realized, oh wait, I wrote that it's in, the, <laughs> it's in the book. It's the jacket of the book. That's so sweet. Thank you, Scott. That was such a sweet intro.
1: Well, thank you for writing it, Harry. And I have to, I have to ask you, YOLO.
2: What what's with YOLO? YOLO is you only live once, and. It really is her name, but it's also a reminder for me that life is incredibly short, Scott. Mm. We should take advantage of what we have right now. I don't know what's coming, um, but we had better remember that. So YOLO is my permanent remember remembrance of that. And... Uh, Every morning, I walked for miles in the woods near my home with Yolo, looking at her, counting my blessings, and thinking about what's most important in life. I literally, I wrote that up, and they published it in the Wall Street Journal a couple of Sundays ago. They've got a Better Living newsletter. And so right. I just told that little story, and they said, oh, would you like to be in the newsletter? And I wrote it up, and they put it in. That's so great. anyway, Yolo's a big part of my life as a reminder. We only live once, and count your blessings.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, that obviously ties uh, directly into what we're talking about today. And I, you know, I use the the title optimism as just a a, a Mm -hmm. one word kind of shorthand for what it is, but really heliotropic leadership and the heliotropic effect is about Mm -hmm. so much more than just positivity and optimism. So can you talk to us about that?
2: Oh, yes, I can. I'm thrilled that you invited me to do this. And I really, for anybody who's listening, I want to clear up the misconception and make it incredibly simple so that people can understand. Be the sun, not the salt is not about being fake and sunny and happy and put on a smiley face and everything's wonderful. It's not that. What it is, is literally An invisible force, which we already know and can see its effects just like the wind or gravity, it's the force when all living systems are drawn to the energy which sustains life. In the case of the metaphor of the plant, it tilts towards the sun because it is drawn to that energy that the sun provides that nourishes the plant. The idea is a metaphor for human beings in their effect on other living organisms, human beings. And all of the virtues, all the ten virtues that you spoke about, which I can't wait to hear about, but also all the heliotropic behaviors that people engage in are like sun on the leaves of the plant to other people. It's that simple. Authenticity is heliotropic. But authenticity, to a point that is, that is um, hurtful, is not. Well, I was just being honest. Honesty is very heliotropic, but honesty without compassion is cruelty. So the the simple way of understanding the heliotropic effect, Scott, is what kind of behaviors do we engage in that bring out the best in others? And there's tons of them that we already exhibit, demonstrate, and behave. That's the heliotropic effect. And, and you gave the example of smiling, when you smile at a stranger, there's a moment, just a little whiff of, oh, isn't that lovely, when it's an appropriate smile. And, <laughs> and, and its effect on you or them is, oh, that's nice. That's that's involuntary. The, the, the involuntary smile that comes across your face when someone smiles or greets you or holds the door is the effect of the heliotropic effect. That's the demonstration of, the, 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 the leaves moving from the wind. So this, so. I want it to be so simple for people to understand. It's not about being someone else. It's about being you when you're being kind. Mm-hmm. Kindness is a virtue that has a lovely effect on other human beings, mostly, right? <laughs> and so that's, that's, that's the supersonic power of the heliotropic effect. And the salt side, just as powerfully and important, Debbie Downer behavior, what you spoke about, those behaviors metaphorically are salt on the roots of the plant. They make the poor person feel horrible. Just for, for in the split second of, may I help you? And you don't really want to help the person. That That's icky. It's salt on the roots. Versus a genuine, how can I help you? And suddenly you're in front of a person who, oh, they seem to really want to help. Isn't that lovely? So, I mean, that's it in a nutshell, Scott, and, and I hope people can really get it because the confusion is, well, you've got to be smiley face or happy all the time or everything's swell. No. Mm. But if we're looking at a glass that's eight ounces and there's four ounces in it, well, what's the effect of looking at the empty spot or the full four ounces? effect is different mm. if i say look we got four ounces that's a lot better than two ounces awesome versus look at that there's only four ounces damn there's an eight ounce glass and we only got four ounces damn it's half empty that's true 100 percent. i'm not denying that so i want people and myself to scan the environment scan it look at it look around go yep like, it's April in Michigan here, and people are like, oh, it's snowing. Yeah, it always snows in Michigan <laughs> in April. Ha! That's just how it is. What what else do you see? Ah, The days of snow are a lot less than March. That's true. Both, both are true. I'm going to, when someone talks about the crappy weather, I just hear, come on, guys, what are we talking about that for? I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to make you feel bad, but uh, what are we talking about that for? <laughs> I, don't, I never, you know, like, come on. And it's true with the media loves to talk about negativity. People like to talk about negativity. You know, did you hear, did you see, did you, you know, you just say, yeah, no, thanks. Anyway, I'm talking too much. Go ahead.
1: No, this is, this is great. And I, I appreciate the, the analogies that you give because they're so uh, grounding. I think we can all yep. relate to them and, and your point about, uh, you know, the media, uh, feeding on this stuff i mean yeah this is this is how they make their money and yet right. uh, you know I, I just saw something this this morning that the vp of uh of global uh I affairs for for facebook yeah, nick Clegg, yeah, exactly. former politician oh, yeah. right he uh, he doesn't uh, see that there's anything divisive about facebook and boy i don't know where he's looking from but the way well, the way so i he, see he, it they they thrive on controversy of course of course so. so
2: he has to say from the political perch of where he is, what are you talking about? There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with Facebook. Everything's fine. Okay. He's got a big problem to solve. But I got to tell you, though, Scott, where I go with this material is to myself and anyone else who's listening, which is the, the it's very exciting and, and common to talk about other people. And right. I do it, too. You know, I just did it. The media. I did it. I, it it's true. They do. But we, I, people, have a great opportunity in the next moment with the next person that we're in front of to be less salt and more sun, mm. to be slightly more better versions of ourselves. period. And I think that's what I get excited about, Scott, is like the 1% issue here. If I'm 90 times out of 100, really wonderful, but 10, not so much. Mm my goal is to try and make it 91 out of a hundred and you say, well, what's the point? What's the difference? I mean, 1%, it really doesn't matter. It does to me. And it certainly does to the person that I was just a jerk to. And that's the cool part for me. Like the 1%, I'm into that. I think I'm a pretty wonderful, nice person, Scott, but I know I got so much room to grow and go. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do more for myself and others. Keeping it simple. Don't complicate it. Don't don't beat myself up when I'm a jerk. You know, forgiveness. Okay, okay, okay. But the next thing is, okay, how can we see what can work, not what won't work?
0: Mm.
2: You know, I run, I run a restaurant. I own a restaurant. We had to shut down when COVID hit. Ah, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we didn't, nobody knew. Nobody knew what to do. We figured it out. We pivoted. We reopened. We're doing great. But... There was a lot of people with a lot of ideas about how the end of the world and a lot of restaurants didn't make it, but so far we're good. But but my only point about seeing what can we do, glass half full, the optimism side. Okay, what is available to us? What is possible? That's heliotropic to talk about what we can do, not what we can't do. Mm -hmm. I want to be around people who are thinking about the solution, not, yeah, you know what the problem is? You know, you know what the problem is. Oh God! Can we talk about what the solutions are? (laughs) (laughs) No, but you have to talk about the problem. Okay, all
1: right, all right. Well, I I mean, like that. Go ahead. I I think the difference there is anybody can talk about the problems. You know, I mean, it's fairly easy (laughs) to point out what problems are, but it, it takes someone who's really committed to you know the betterment of of the other. To kind of say, all right, well, I I think I might have a way out of this, and and then here's where the spirit of working together comes to get, uh, comes about. Beautiful. Where it, it's not just what I know, but what do you know about it, and how can we actually approach this together rather than complain and, and about it together? So
2: tr- it's so <laughs> true. And by the way, your your point is really well taken we go through this life with each other together you don't walk the path alone you walk with each other people who come before you people who are coming after you people who are next to you people who are right behind you hey which way do you go scott you go this way hey scott how should we do this let's figure it out together it's way more fun you're way more effective what do you, which way do you think we should go Well, i think we should go this way okay let's go that way and and together we'll 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 walk the path and get there quicker sooner Hopefully, with our two with our two brains supporting one another, helping one another, strategizing, and having fun along the way. You want to stop for some water, or which way do you think we should go that would be more scenic, et cetera, et cetera. That's our job together, not to bitch about. They should have marked these trails better. They should have put better signage. You know, you should have brought a map, or yeah, whatever the hell you know people want to bitch about. <laughs> um, the challenges, the discipline is, the work is. Okay. What are we going to do from here? Yeah. We're clearly lost. Now, what do we do? I don't know. Let's what? do the next right thing. Yeah. What that might be. Yeah. I don't know. Let's call for directions.
1: Yeah. Well, we are all in this together on this fireside chat, and I would uh, like to invite people to ask questions throughout here if you have any questions for Harry. Meanwhile, Harry, I this week in my my newsletter I wrote about three things that could have been seen as as real downers. Um, I was I just came back from Phoenix, and I I thought about. Well, obviously it's the land of sun down there, and I thought about the the mythological bird.
2: That, I read your I read your thing. Yeah. I thought it
1: was absolutely beautiful. It's, I thought it, the phoenix metaphor was absolutely right. beautiful. A bird destroyed the, to ashes, and then a new one rising from it. That's uh, that literally heliotropism is going toward the sun. <laughs> no question about it.
2: And what I'm you know is, is we all watch tragedies unfold all around us in our personal lives, in in our society. Tragedies occur. There's no question about it. We have a response. I at least I feel we have a responsibility to do something about it. I don't know what I know what I do about the small tragedies that I do something about in my own life. And in other small tragedies that I watch or huge tragedies, I try and say, okay, what am I supposed to do here? I think you quoted Mr. Rogers, look for the helpers, Mm. look for the helpers, do something, reach out your hand in solace to someone who could be comforted by your, by your words or your, your hand. I mean, that's the, let us, let us turn every single tragedy into something good. I mean, I heard this this beautiful story. I called my sister. I come from Buffalo, and I called my sister about, I heard this woman on NPR. There was a law for policemen to stop other policemen when they when they're doing something inappropriate. And this mm-hmm. woman was fired, and then she was reinstated, and they named the law after her, and it took like 11 years or 15 years, and, It's just, a for me, the story of, oh, my God, something good came from a 15-year journey. I'd love to explore that, her story, and how long and why it took so long, but okay, the law was passed, you know? So I guess I'm agreeing with you a thousand percent. I want myself and each other to be nudged, reminded, coached, coaxed, and helped to help pick up the litter in our world to do our part. I mean, I wrote about it in a little book, you know, fill in the potholes of the street, you don't walk down. When on my morning walks, I pick up litter. Now, I do that so proudly. I'm not virtue signaling, although it is. I, I like the fact that I'm doing a little bit of something. Well, it doesn't really matter. You're picking up one line, like piece of paper, garbage. What difference does it make? Okay. It makes a difference to me and the next guy that doesn't see the garbage. Mm. And in the context of this Can you help anybody anywhere or make a problem less horrible? I suspect you can. Great. Do that. Mm. You know, and that's, I want to be nudged. I want to nudge. I want to be part of people's solutions to improve our world. One human being interaction at a time. You know, people want to go big and say, unless the political system changes, okay, fair enough. Unless the law changes, okay, fair enough. But in the meantime, what can I do? I mean, and I can do a bunch, Scott. That's the cool part. I got a bunch to do. I got plenty to do. My conundrum and quandary is, oh, I could be doing so much more. I should be doing so much more. Yeah, I can be nice to the person next to me. But how can I get everybody to be nice to the person next to them? (laughs) Don't worry about it, (laughs) Eric. You just be super, super more wonderful, and maybe somebody will be nudged to be super more wonderful, too.
1: Well, and um, that, that's you know. just it, because I think we're, we're, we're combined in this world where, on the one hand, we think in the short term. You know, companies yep. are operating yep. from quarter to quarter. They're not able to put together multi-year, or even multi-decade strategies because they're mm-hmm. they're focused on the short-term numbers. And yet, at the same time, we're looking for a big impact every move we make we're looking for that viral video we're looking for front page coverage on the wall street journal so Mm -hmm. how do Mm -hmm. we how do we remind ourselves that we're making progress even with some of these small nudges with this pothole filling
2: i love that i love the question and the answer is talk about it literally i mean so for example I, i do zoom meetings with lots of people lots of ways from individual to group. And sometimes in a group setting, okay, we just start for like one minute, quickly, quickly, one minute, 60 seconds, take five, sec- 10 seconds, something you're grateful for, something you're proud of doing, something your organization, you saw somebody do something really well, Sally to Fred, Fred to Sally, whatever, it doesn't matter, quickly, one or two minutes. Now, what that does, it changes the brain when you're focused on what's working, when you're focused on gratitude, when you're focused on the strikes and spares, not the gutter balls. It improves performance and the culture around talking about what's working and not what's not. So in answer to your question, well, just keep talking about successes, tiny one, Hey, you know, I'm, you know what I'm proud of? I came on time to the meeting. Well, good for you. Okay, <laughs> we'll start small. You know what? I remembered that new employee's name. It was really bugging me. And I, I'm proud of myself for saying good morning and using her name. Good. I'm glad you did that, and I'm glad you shared it. I mean, when people start to share authentically their vulnerable struggle, challenge, with improving themselves, other people go, oh, wow, you have that challenge too? Mm. Well, of course. Good. So the way to do it is you just talk about it in a sort of -of matter-of-fact but very proud way, 1%. Hey, I'm really glad. I had a horrible customer experience on, with some investment uh, banking person yesterday, and my wife was listening to the conversation. And she said, "Wow, that was pretty impressive. You turned her around." <laughs> I said, "It was very cool. You know why? Because she was wonderful. She, you know, uh, two people didn't respond to an email, and I just up the chain to, "Would you please take care of that?" And she said, "I'm so so sorry." They should have not respond. they should have responded to you. I try and get people to never say, "There's nothing we can do about that, because there's always something you can do about that." And I was so inspired by her words, I said, "Can I send you a book?" I wish you know I wish all your customer service people could understand what you just said. Yeah. And it was lovely, and I just wanted peace to-
1: and' that's, that's so great.
2: I wanted to praise her, not for her ego, but to say more of that. Well done. Yeah. I'm so proud of you for saying we should never say, and I should never say. I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. I, just, that's, so, that in the answer, long answer to your question: How could we remind people? Keep talking about it. Keep bringing it up. One percent, man. I'll take one yeah. percent. Hey, right. well, So Scott, let me ask something. Did you do something wonderful uh, this morning that you're very proud of? Seriously, to any of your three kids, your wife,
1: somebody. Oh. <laughs> well, here's, here's a simple one, and it's it's taken me a while to get to this point. Like you, I, I, I try to be a positive person. I struggle every day. There are certain negative things mm-hmm. I do online, offline, things I regret, uh-huh. yep. but I try every day. So this morning, um, we, our, our kids go to a school um, not too far from you in Ann Arbor, um, and, and yep. we drive there. And my 17-year-old is in the last throes of getting his qualifications for his license. And he drove today. And I didn't have to yell at him at all in the car today. (laughs) He did a great job. And I told him what a good job he did when we got to school. So
2: people think that that's such a small, obvious, oh, uh, that's what every good father should do. Excuse me. That's the kind of thing that, while small, is huge. The, you did a great job today, son, is not small. Well done, Scott. That's the kind of thing that I don't want to give any caveats to. It's just beautiful, period, full stop. Now, people will put that down and will say, well, that's obvious. Everyone should do that. Of course, that's what a good father would do. Yeah. So why not praise the father who did it? Because it's true. That's a beautiful strike spare well, thank Beautiful. you. Thank well you done. for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's, you're a- welcome. It's, it's the kind of thing, well, you know, he should know by now. I don't need to tell him. He oh. knows. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Well, no, that- no. no. The- yeah,
1: I, I I beat myself up plenty over all the times I have to yell at him to do the things I, I tell him to do over and over. He's a teenager, you know. This is this is part of the developing brain. I had a brain like that too. <laughs> uh, although we whitewash our past, don't we? you know? We we think, <laughs> oh, in my day things were so much better, and you know right. maybe they were, maybe they weren't. They were they were better in different ways. They were worse in different ways too
2: exactly
1: exactly
2: and what i know to be true and this is the cool part of being older bunches of decades under our belt <laughs> oh my god i am a better father and husband and person because i've been working at it i'm not i don't need a medal but i know that i'm more patient and a better dad just thinking about the dad thing the husband thing covid was wonderful for being a better husband you know and i'm and i'm just pleased that we can improve, Scott, that we can be better, that I've seen this, I've I've coached leaders to be better, I've I've been better. All it takes, you know what it takes? Somebody who wants to. If you want to, you're good. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, my God.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Well, uh, just a reminder, if you'd like to ask Harry any questions, just uh, hit that plus button to become a speaker, and we'll invite you up to the stage. Uh, Meanwhile, Harry... Um, I, I have to say I've, I've obviously enjoyed, um, uh, being around you both in my professional capacity. I knew you when you were at, uh, coaching people at Ford Motor Company, uh, where I was. And back yep. in those days when I was running social media for Ford, I, I harped on how so many customer service places would give you the standard script. We regret any yeah. inconvenience you <laughs> may have experienced, <laughs> and it sounds so inhuman and i said can't you just say oh i'm sorry to hear that I, that uh-huh. would that would upset me too let's see if we can help you out exactly. um just that simple humanizing oh, yeah. phrase uh escalates a situation and makes people more relatable and that's that's part of heliotropic uh, the heliotropic of
0: effect yeah
2: the reason it's heliotropic—you got to go to the reason. This is not techniquey. This is not word track. This is not one of the six steps for heliotropic leadership. This is about authentic expression of virtues, all kinds of virtues. Authenticity is one of them. Vulnerability is another. Dependability, you know, compassion and gratitude and kindness—they're endless. But the expression, the authentic expression of those virtues is what makes the other human go, ooh, that's yummy and delicious. It's the involuntary reaction. It's not technique. It's like, I said I was sorry. I don't know why you didn't receive it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you didn't really mean it. That's why, you know. And, and even the words
1: were, sorry that
2: happened to you. Mm. Really. How sorry are you? And, and how do I know that you're right. sorry that it right. happened I, to me? I'm you know, sorry you <laughs> feel
1: that way. That's, right. another, that's, one. that's one. another one. That's
2: the other another one. You know, and again, you can't, I I can have a lot of fun going after people who say stuff like that because, you know, and I've done it, but it's like, you're not really sorry. So we're off to a wrong, this is not going to go well because what people feel when people give fake apology is salt on roots. They feel, it's not my fault, okay, it's not my fault. And I don't feel that bad that I had anything to do with your pain and suffering or the, the mis- misfortune. Eh, 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 eh. But I'm going to say a bunch of words that is going to be uh, what they told me to say, none of which works. The reason that heliotropic works is because it's real. Mm. That's the, the most important thing. Yeah, it is real. It is not technique. It is you at your best. It's not somebody else. It's not trying to be some kind of person and I was talking to a New York executive recently who said, I take issue with your premise. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's saying, I I, I don't buy the be sunny all the time. And I'm glad he brought it. I said, what are you talking about? What is that? Be sunny? The sun is a metaphor for heliotropic, which is this authentic behavior which uplifts other people. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. That's what you already are, plenty of times. Yeah. So there's no you can't take issue with this. The only issue is, damn, it's hard sometimes. Yep, it's hard because we work in cultures. We work around people that make it difficult. We've been raised by families that have never taught us to treat people with respect, etc., etc. So for a lot of people, yeah, it is quite difficult. They work in cultures that treating people with disrespect is the norm. Mm -hmm. They're reinforced for that. They're promoted for that. They're paid to do that. So you say, well, why do they do that? Well, a lot of reasons, you know. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Plain and
1: simple. You know, last week Mm -hmm. I spoke with uh, Dr. Marilyn Gist about leader humility and our mutual friend, uh, Alan Mulally wrote a chapter in her book and boy, what a perfect example of humility in action with Alan and Marilyn's point with leader humility is that leader humility is really about giving others their dignity, right? Recognizing the dignity of others that each, each person is an individual. Uh, they have feelings, things are in context for them. And treating them as people, right, it's, it comes right down to humanity, uh, exactly. is, is at the center of that. And that is so central to what you're talking about as well.
2: And Alan was particularly
1: gifted mm. at being able to do
2: that. He, as you well know, and anyone who knows Alan Mulally or spent any time with him, knows how gifted he was. He was a, what we would call a positive deviant, you know, on the bell curve of, you know, there's the people who can run the four-minute mile. He's way out there. Yeah. There's a, so much to learn from people like that, from the deviants, for the people who are, well, he seems to do that all the time with almost everyone, with the quote-unquote lowest status person in the room mm-hmm. to the to the highest status person in the room. You know, he would do that quite deliberately. And what I watched at Ford is a lot of people were very positively influenced by his behavior. Mm. So many times, I mean, I know you saw this too. For example, there'd there'd be a meeting with a group of of dealers. And when Alan, this was dealer counsel, he would walk around and shake every single dealer's hand before the meeting would start. Yeah. extremely deliberate move. Now, how do you think they felt just the fact that he walked around? It took about five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At best.
1: And and the thing with Alan is it wasn't insincere. He wasn't putting on an exactly. act. This is who he, he was through and through. He lived it. That's right.
2: And, and we can, too, and we do, too. The thing that is dangerous when people, and myself included, talk about people like Alan, we think of it as a bridge too far. Or mm. as, well, that's the way he was and is so he's so magnificent, yada yada yada. Okay, true, 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 true. Guys, we are too. Yeah. That's the most important thing to remember, guys. We are lovely and wonderful too. Yeah. And that's really important. It's not about be like Alan or be like John Wooden. But the, the lessons that we can learn from an Alan or a John Wooden. Right. Is to is how how do how does that show up for you and I? And that, and it, if it looks and feels authentic,
1: then it is. That's that's just it. Because there were some leaders at Ford that I witnessed that seemed to be doing an Allen impersonation, and it just did not exactly. work. It didn't work, and, and,
2: and, and it didn't work because it wasn't them. Um, you right. know, I mean, Allen was a hugger. Okay, so I'm a hugger. I I, I get that man man to man hug. I, I've been a hugger my whole life, and and there are people who, you know, I'll I'll go for the hug, and men. You know they know me now, so they don't mind. But some are like, "Whoa, easy, big fellow!" Oh, handshake,
0: handshake.
2: <laughs> Alan was a hugger when you st- when you, yeah. and and, it, and it is to this day. And if you and if you try and make somebody who's not a hugger a hugger, it doesn't work. Right. You know what I mean? It, right. you know, don't don't do something that's not who you are. I just use that as an example, and that you're absolutely right. You can't fake being heliotropic being the sun to other people because the 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 definition is well how does it affect other people how you make other people feel if people feel great in your presence way to go dude do more whatever you're doing
1: absolutely absolutely well harry i have a a 30 year friend here dr laura (laughs) DeVoe, who would like to ask you a question
2: Thank hi for Laura. Bringing
0: up age. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> hi Harry. Can you guys uh, hear hi, me? Hi Laura.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm older uh, than you are.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not a hugger, but I will say that I'm after COVID. I have decided that once I'm, I am fully vaccinated. I will. I will take up hugging as a hobby and see how it goes. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask Harry. I found this uh, whole conversation really uh, interesting. I I love to consider leadership through the lens of two two areas: gener- cross generational or like a multi generational environment, um, mm-hmm. and then I also like to look at leadership through gender and. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to specifically ask about gender as far as this this, this uh, concept is concerned, because yep. Yep. you know, I I have coached women who have been told you've got to tone this down. You're you are bu- uh, you are too kind. Whatever. You are yeah, too yeah. bubbly. You are too. It is seen as weakness. And how do you you've coached? Uh, many people. And yes. I'm wondering if this has come up as far yes. as gender. How gender yes. is seen? Does it, it? And on the other side with men, is it seen as a feminine trait? Okay, so if mm-hmm. if a woman has this, is it overly feminine? You've got to ramp up your masculine kind of traits as far as your leadership, and then uh, the other side. So I I'm interested in your thoughts there.
2: <laughs> okay, Larry. So let me just tell you, I love your question. And every single circumstance is is context dependent. Mm-hmm. But I what, I what I would always context dependent. So I, I've coached many and many of executive women and men in the different cultures that they're in. You got me? You understand? Right. Like whatever company you're in, whatever culture you're in, whatever family you're in. Like how do you, how do you be most heliotropic given this culture that rewards X, Y, or Z? okay Mm -hmm. well we don't let you know you're a little bit too compassionate oh really Mm -hmm. so you have to find and this is my coaching of every human what is the most life-giving to you and others period full stop and usually there's an answer and the answer is a series of behaviors that is absolutely wonderful regardless of what anybody else says okay so people use words to say and mean different things you know uh, at the end of the day, are you effective and successful and fulfilled and true to yourself? Right. So, right. so and, and 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 you you just stay focused on that. And both are two. You got to what, what do you want? Cost, quality, or speed? Yes, all three. You know, what do you what do you you want me to be effective? Or you want me to be compassionate? Yes. Yes. You want me to exactly. hold people? Do you want me to hold? How do you hold people accountable and still be the sun not the salt? Oh, very easily, very directly, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. very compassionately. This is, I mean, the, the, the race and gender and class and all of that interpenetrates all of this. But what never changes is, uh huh. And how did you make the other person feel?
0: Mm hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Period. 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 Oh, everything else is true. Uh huh. And, and and were you effective? Well, what do you mean by effective? Well, you have to define it. Were you able to do X, Y, and Z? Yes okay great did you did you toe the company line did you keep with policy were you compassionate at the same time holding them accountable did you do all the things would you grade yourself would you step back and go you know I was pretty awesome there good for you and was your boss an idiot and thought that you weren't correct look i look all I can tell you is as your coach, I thought you were amazing from everything you've said if your boss doesn't see it or doesn't get it or doesn't see it, mm that's a little weird I think mm-hmm. we you know what I mean like we might yep. have a we might have a bigger problem. You better get out of there. Get a different boss. Find a way out. Uh, I can't support people living in crappy cultures, crappy right. bosses, crappy relationships. You know what I mean? Crappy partner, crappy mm-hmm. spouse, cra- crappy culture, crappy. You know what I mean? What are you staying with them for? They don't see right. how wonderful you are,
1: dude, right. girl. Well, Harry, I is, support you. I'm isn't like, it? Um, isn't it an opportunity to kind of approach the boss uh, in a situation like that, maybe beforehand and say, hey, can we agree on what effective looks like totally. in this situation and then revisit it afterwards? And then regardless of the method used to achieve that effectiveness, you have to agree on whether it was effective or not.
2: Yeah, and, and does it fit with the cultural values of our organization and our families? This is this how we want to run the business? How do we want to treat people in this company, this family, this this group. How, how do we treat people? Good. What, what, what are our measures of success? <laughs> you know, we want culture and performance, always, right? You want your kids to take their dishes to the sink, that's performance. They, you, want to drive, you want the kid to drive safely and properly, and you want them to be nice people. That's the culture, of something. you know, like please and thank you. Well, you don't really need the please and thank you if they're, if they're taking their dish to the sink. No, yeah, you need both. You want culture and performance. I want want that out of me and everyone around me. I want to create a good culture. I want to exude beautiful behavior. I want people to be influenced by me. And I want to get shit done.
1: Well, and and, and, in a way, it's those small moments that probably matter more because they're more frequent and they send a signal that you're saying something when you don't have to say or you're acting in a way when you don't have to act in a certain way. But that's it. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's really, 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 this is the work of great parenting, great coaching, great leadership, you know, and and I want to be all of that. I want to be a great parent, great coach, great leader, great friend, and I think friendship is just as powerful. Well, actually, leadership and parenting probably more, but friendship is not to be taken lightly, you know.
0: (laughs) Right. I think Harry, I think the thing you said that really resonates with me is about culture and about yeah. organizational culture. And if people yep. are have found themselves into a place uh that is not a fit for them, not about sal you know, sometimes it's hard. You get this great title and this wonderful salary and all this stuff and then all of a sudden you go, Wow, this place is toxic or yep. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, you know what? I am I am the the odd man out here. I am not I don't fit at all. Um, and uh, but I think that that's a, a really good point. And maybe what it is 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 you know finding an opportunity to talk to people to say before you even find your way into an organization or into a relationship. <laughs> Consider the culture that you're trying to get into, um, going back to, to several of the things that you guys were talking about. so
2: 100%. Is,
0: so great. Well, th- Harry, thank you so much. I'm going to take a step off the stage.
2: Oh, lovely. Thank you for for joining us on the stage. This is my thank first you. time.
1: Oh, thank you, Laura. I, that, was, um, that was spot on. And uh, I'm glad you you mentioned that. And, Harry, you know, this is something we witnessed happen at uh, Ford Motor Company. You know, it was legendary for toxic behaviors before Alan got there. The the silos, the fiefdoms, the people undercutting each other for uh, budgets and personnel. And Alan got there and he said, guys, we're all working for the same company. We're working for the same purpose here. You know, can't we begin to kind of reframe things and, and he set the culture from the top.
2: Every, see, this is the part that I really want people to get. And I finally got this. We are the culture. Everyone would like to talk about the leader sets the culture and he or she does. You are absolutely right, Scott. But the bigger insight for me is that I am the culture. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? What? I'm not in the traffic. I am the traffic. I'm not in the culture of the company I'm in. I am the culture. Now, clearly, the leaders set the culture and their impact clearly sets the tone for what the culture of the organization is. I agree with you. But I participate in and and reinforce or challenge the cultural norms of how things are done around here. And so, yes, it would be awesome if every leader – and by the way, I've I've been around Ford for 35 years and I've seen so many changes. And the good that Alan brought, many, many, many behaviors continued and continue on from his example of let's work together and one team, one goal, et cetera, et cetera. But human nature is something that turf wars and – and fiefdoms, and you just take any, any you know, I run a restaurant, the the front of the house, back of the house, it's endless, God, it's endless. I'm trying to keep the culture of my little restaurant as magnificent as it sometimes and often is. And I own the place. I can blame my general manager, I can blame my chef, I can blame my, excuse me, I set the tone, but it really is set by all the people in there. I guess the owner for sure has the most power or the CEO to set the culture. But every single person in the place, in their individual moment-to-moment behavior, define the culture of the place. If we know that treating people with respect is the norm, oh, okay, so do we do that every single exchange with every single person? Mm, Sort of sometimes. And, And I want people to get it that wherever they are, they're a leader. Because you said it earlier, your, your opening intro is—I think it was the John Adams thing—or you know, like, does it does it inspire people to nudge people to help people to bring more, be more, do more, you know, all that stuff? Uh, yeah. I, and so, I, if if I am a leader in my organization, and I am, whether I'm the owner, the CEO, or just bussing dishes, I contribute to the culture of the place in every single behavior that comes out of me.
1: Yeah. And you know, we see this uh, classically displayed in customer service through uh, Disney, Disney parks yeah. in particular, where yeah. you know, everyone Uh, everyone who is there is a guest every employee is a cast member and it doesn't matter whether you're wearing the mickey mouse costume or whether you are you know a highfalutin executive or a guy just sweeping up the street if a kid comes out of the ice cream store on main street usa and drops his cone it's it's anybody's job who works there to make that kid happy right because his family just spent three thousand dollars to go there and the, the the street sweeper goes, here, kid, here's a ticket for a new ice cream. You go back in there and get yourself another ice cream. It's just and about it, focusing on their happiness. It doesn't matter who does it. Said,
2: and you said something very profound. But but we always use these minimizing words, just. it's just, it, Yes, it is that. It, but just, it is hugely that. You know, the, the mm. second most... Um, Asked question is Disney at the Disney parks. The first most commonly asked question is where's the bathroom, sure. nearest bathroom. The second most is what time is the three o'clock parade. <laughs> and the reason they use that in their Disney training for new hires is the people are not asking what time is the three o'clock parade. They're trained to hear that that question is where's the best place to stand for when oh, the parade gets in front of my kids. That's fascinating. And so the cast members, to your point, because they know that happiness is what it's about. It's not about three o'clock parade, ma'am, starts at three o'clock. <laughs> right. You know, it starts at three o'clock from the Magic Kingdom, but where you, know, where you are right now, I think the best place to stand in the shade would be right over here for your kids to see the parade when it comes by. Oh. I mean, that's the, the, the deep understanding of their role at Disney, as cast members, to make people happy.
1: So anyway, you're right on. I love that. I love that. So <laughs> le- let me ask you a little bit of a a pointed question here, a sensitive topic. Um, the world of politics has become so fraught okay. over the last okay. decade, let's say. Um, both sides uh, are, are contentious and are constantly at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say, uh, what I've witnessed with Joe Biden assuming the presidency reminds me a lot of Alan and his approach of of common decency and focusing on the issues uh, together. Um, what's What's the formula for reversing course here, for getting ourselves out of this? He said, she said, my side, your side, you're wrong, I'm right, kind of mentality.
2: So, Scott, I wish I knew the answer. I honestly, I'd like to continually contemplate that, and and answer in a way that I believe is intelligent and helpful and true. And my first reaction is, I don't know. Okay, when I when I really, gosh, I because I think about politics over over the course of decades, and you go, man, it's always been pretty horrible. On the other hand, well, it seems more horrible of late. Well. I try and go in my mind to: Haven't there been statespersons? I was going to say statesmen, but you know, most of the political um, people have been white men over the course of our yeah. history. Statespersons that that created great public policy that universally that we could all rally around and say that was good. How about women having the right to vote? I think that was a public policy that came out. Uh, that was sure. good. Yeah. It was fought for, by the way. Yeah. But I mean, like the simple, like I like to look for public policy that we now can agree on. No brainer. Great idea. How come it took us so long? Like, like in, in answer to that question, I want to look for the helpers, the solutions, the mm-hmm. examples of where it's beautiful, bipartisan, mm-hmm. joined, effective successful fulfilled engaged wow it's more of that thing i want to look for examples of a public policy that people would say well that was good hey we got together and did ppp loans i'm the beneficiary of that and so are a lot of other businesses well done guys okay 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 there's a lot of controversy around it but they that was a bunch of laws passed that seemed to help a bunch of people okay If i mean n- no smoking in bars and restaurants during the time that that was debated, I was around when people were absolutely certain it would destroy the restaurant industry. Wrong. Okay, it's a it's a law that got bipartisan. That was that was not a, an easy law to get passed, but now it's fine. So I guess Scott, I want to look to political solutions, public policy, and and the methodologies for bipartisan great public policies. So we say, why can't we do some more of that and take out what is the non-helpful rhetoric? Mm. Uh, Let me just put that in quotes. Non-helpful rhetoric. There's helpful rhetoric and non-helpful rhetoric. I want to look for helpful rhetoric. Better yet, helpful behaviors. Ooh, that would be fun. You take a politician, you look at their rhetoric, and you say, That's helpful. That moves us towards something good. You take a look at a politician's behavior, and you say, Ooh, that seemed to produce something good. Let's do some more of that. I want to look for, talk about, and make, you know, hold up on a shiny hill. Hey, here's a good example of something good. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. All right, can we talk about something bad next? Yes, yes, yes. Can we can we just look at that? Senator A and Senator B got together and came up with a great plan that is seventy eight percent approved by the American. But what a great idea! Yeah, did they get that law passed? What was the law? Blah blah. Wow. Why don't we do some more of that? And that's what I mean, Scotty. That's what I want to look for because the divisiveness is disgusting. It's not helpful. The rhetoric. When I hear someone make a sentence, I go, "How's that helpful?" And I go, oh, I'm not sure it is. But when I hear somebody do something, and I wish I could give you a quick a quick and crisp example of a beautiful, helpful rhetoric. Look, I like when Biden or any politician says, here's where I think we can come together. Just that sentence. Oftentimes, you know, it's written to say, oh, you're just saying that. You don't mean it. Okay, okay, here we go. But man, oh man, I... I, I'm drawn to politicians that seem to want to solve problems mm. for the greater good, not just their caucus. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's a certain amount of, well, they're set there as a representative for their group, so they have to say stuff that says, you know, the parts department gets gets the benefit of this. You know, like, hold on a second. <laughs> How about the whole right. organization? Right. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And,
2: and when you hear people, you can sometimes see... Well, he's just saying that he doesn't mean it. But occasionally, I think, Scott, if we could, let's get politicians on your thing that that maybe, I don't know, are, are there any? That when they say stuff, that's like, wow, she, he sounds like they really mean that bipartisanly. Yeah. But I don't know enough politicians around public policies that are more like 87%. Why don't we just do that?
1: Yeah. You we know. we we have to search them out. And you know what what what's yeah. interesting there you you mentioned this and and you didn't explicitly bring this out with respect to heliotropism but it has to do with listening. And That's there was right. I had a That's guest right. on a couple of episodes ago, David Murray. He wrote a wonderful book called An Effort to Understand Hearing One mm-hmm. Another and Ourselves mm-hmm. in a Nation mm-hmm. Cracked in Half. And it really comes down to the power of listening. So yep how How does listening play into heliotropic leadership
2: so So it is one of the most fundamental, like gratitude it's one of the fu- most fundamental skills, practices, behaviors that all of us could nurture to be better at okay if lis- if our listening skills are a muscle or a strength or a skill or a competency, if it's one thing that would make you and I more heliotropic, it would be to improve. Our listening skill. Now, it is a skill that you can improve. There are, very, there are many things, like any skill. Well, what's the best way to improve your listening? Oh, it doesn't matter. Pick, pick any. First, want to improve your listening? You're bringing it up, which I really appreciate. It's so beautiful and concrete. Well, how would you measure it? Well... We could talk about that. Call me up. I'll chat with you. You can measure the number of times that you've interrupted someone. You could remove your cell phone. There's There's a million techniques that you can use to improve your listening. Don't interrupt. Remove your cell phone. Ask in the middle of when you're talking, am I understanding you correctly? Did I answer your question, Scott? I, you know, I know you asked me to talk about listening, but I'm blabbing on. Am I getting at what you want me to talk about? I'll stop now and ask. Did, that, am I, did I listen to you properly? No, this,
1: this is great. No, you're, you're doing fine.
2: So, so, that's, so the, all of this is you look at the other person, feel whether they're you – know, see if you can tell if they're being understood. When I was a shrink, most of what I did is listen. And people would say, you helped me so, so much. But that's because I wanted to listen, and I was trained to listen, and I practiced listening, and I would look, and I'd listen to my gut, and I'd listen to the nonverbals, and I would remember to pay attention to how they're not always saying what they're meaning, and they're not always meaning what they're saying, so you got to work at it, and I used to teach this stuff so i know how hard it is to be a good listener you have to put energy into the other you know don't think about what you're going to say remember your unconscious biases talk less than you think that you should start with the, the the assumption that you could be better at this skill that you think you're already good at in the book i write about being an olympic listener that's a gold medal <laughs> Not a bronze, not a, I mean you know Carl, the CEO of this company that I love so much, he said it changed his life because he's a ready shoot, you know he's, he's so driven and he's so wonderful, but sometimes he gets going and he, he'll interrupt and he knows you know he's intimidating presence, and he knows that's tough. And, and so what? It's a work in progress. Being an Olympic listener and just leaning into that, that would be one amazing thing that would make us all more heliotropic Mm. if our dear friends and spouses and colleagues would say, wow, you're really a, you're really a good listener. Just imagine that if people said that about us, you know, it would be, we would make us feel good, but you know that they would be uplifted by our good listening. Yeah. How about the parents stuff? (laughs) My God. Imagine if we were better listeners to our kids because they, they, they're saying everything. Right, they're not doing it with words. Right, their grunts, their grunts, and their facial expressions and their behaviors are tell are saying stuff. And yeah. and I'm I'm excited about being a better listener, and I really appreciate that you brought it back to that because man, oh man, if that's the if that's one thing, I'd say listening or, or gratitude. All right, you want to throw in compassion and kindness? Go ahead. <laughs> Those are the big, the big ones for for being heliotropic. Yeah, and and I could talk about this forever, but that's you know, you ask
1: for a glass of water and I'm hosing you down. That's that's quite all right. Well, happy to be hosed. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that in that context before. Um, I know. Now, just for reference, because I know you you expressed some curiosity at the top of the show, the ten. Virtues that yes. the ancient Greek yes. philosophers deemed to be the most important are wisdom, justice, fortitude, self-control, love, positivity, hard work, humility, integrity, and gratitude. Oh. And when you sum those up, I mean, those really form the essence of heliotropism, don't they?
2: Exactly. Pick, pick any of those ten. You don't like one? There's nine others. <laughs> well, I don't like. Okay, that's fine. I guy, okay. would you send me those? I was I was using my fingers. I wasn't writing them down. Sure. You, you and I will be chatting. Just send me those ten, and I'll blab about those because, I mean, again, the Stoics and the ancients wrote about them, but it's our expression of dependability or. Hard work or gratitude—that it is that—that's what heliotropic really means. Absolutely, do one of those virtues. Any one of, any them, of them on any day. Any of them, yes, on any day, yeah. on any day, in any given moment. That's it in a nutshell. That is it in a nutshell. And by the way, there are, there are more than ten. Will you just? Oh, pick the sure. You can, you can pick those ten.
1: That's that's my Dave Letterman top ten list for ancient virtues. 10. Love that, dude. That's great. Well, Harry sure. Cohen, thank you so much for being with us. The book is uh, Be Man, the Sun, Man. Not the Salt by Dr. Harry D. Cohen. You can pick it up anywhere you want, particularly on amazon.com. And of course, be sure to get to Be the Sun not the com and check out all of Harry's offerings, including videos and a newsletter, sign up for that regular newsletter there and just have some heliotrobism injected into your life every single week. Thank you, Scott so much. Life can be hard for all of us, but it's how you respond to it. That matters. You can choose to light up a room to express gratitude, to listen well, to make a difference in someone's life and above all, to be the sun, not the salt. Thank you for joining us and for being an advocate for timeless and principled leadership whenever and wherever you find it. I'm Scott Monty. Until next time, may you dream more, learn more, do more and become more for you are a leader.